大丈夫だよ私こう見えてもカポエラやってたから Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 4 of AMO Kenzoku. We are four bubblegum crisis age boomer otaku who come together and discuss various topics related to anime, manga, and all other otaku culture.、Uh, the Kenzoku are myself.、Uh, I'm Nick. I'm Mike. I'm Sam. I am Dylan. All right. And tonight's topic is focused on a show that we all greatly enjoy、uh, Odd Taxi. So I think I'll open up tonight's discussion with just a general question to each of you What makes this show so good? And I guess I'll start it off.、Um, for me, What makes Made Odd Taxi so good is the way that the, the script and the plot was written really felt like a Coen Brothers movie to me. And、uh, that, it was a very unique watching experience. And that's kind of why I, I recommend it to, to anybody who's looking for a bit more of like a, a thinking person's plot. Uh, how about you, Sam? Yeah, that was big for me. It's funny you say that Coen Brothers, which is, I think, really apt, but <laughs> I always think of Seinfeld because, for whatever reason, this kind of lots of plots that are all connected together.、Um, that's what I, I think of Seinfeld for some reason.、Um, but yeah, that and the, just the amazing、uh, witty banter between the characters、um, is, is so good. And you know, I have some favorites that I'll. Probably mentioned in the episode, but yeah, it, the, the animals didn't get me, but everything else is just so amazing. What about you, Mike? I like all of those things, and that it's a fairly, despite the animals, a fairly grounded, realistic show where all of the characters are adults. Not that I have anything about against shows set in high school, but. It's a nice change to have one that isn't these days. True, true. And then、uh, what about you, Dylan? Well, lots of things. One,、uh, yeah, it's very interesting to have a, a grumpy taxi driver who's literally my same age as the main <laughs> character to, Mo Keshada Dame, Mo Keshada Dame. Yeah, it's like the, <laughs> the, the banter and everything's there. I love the anthropomorphic animal stuff.、Uh, I mean, there's. It's a show that I've watched twice. I don't watch that many that much, and certainly not that rapid fire. And seeing it twice, I'm not like, oh, I'm so just, I'm just done with this show. Because、um, there's just so much、uh, great stuff, dialogue, characters are all interesting. There's so many different characters that all interact differently. And,、um, Yeah, and then lots of interesting plot points, and the story is not, not a standard fare story that you、uh, expect to get. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think it's one of those shows that you, watching it 
multiple times you kind of pick out pick out little details here and there that you didn't the first time watching it is you know i feel like you're kind of focused trying to figure out you know what the bigger overarching kind of plot is and you know the, some of the side stuff you, you you watch and you 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 understand but you don't really it doesn't really come together until that big a holy crap moment at the end when it all starts to just come you know line up perfectly at the very end and then it, you had this huge revelation and it's uh so watching it a second time i was able to kind of just you know really try to focus on specific dialogues and specific conversations to try to um see if the if the series was giving any hints as to you know some of the 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 things that happened at the end that you know, the first time watcher definitely wouldn't have been able to catch. Yeah, so. and on a second watch, it's amazing how many hints they really did slip in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely rewards repeat viewings for sure. Yeah, I could easily watch it a third time. Same. Yeah, I think there are very few shows these days that are like that, so uh, it's kind of refreshing in a way. Um. Also, there the. Uh... The animation is, it has such this very nice, unique look to it. it. has this, that slightly fuzzed out look to kind of everything, but not to the point where it's distracting. It just kind of keeps you in with everything. But it's it's kind of like the opposite of the, you know, flashy special effects animation magic spell type type stuff that we were you know, mostly talking about from the Isekai episode. It's mm-hmm. it's like completely the opposite style of animation, but it's also just like so cleanly. And I think it's one of those ones where it wins in animation because of consistency. Like everything in it is in the world, in the scene, consistent from like the opening shots where they kind of like go through and, you know, kind of show you various people walking around the world, cars driving, things like that. Like, Everything from the CG cars to everything else has this very consistent look to it that uh, helps to stop you from breaking out or having those, oh, those are some weird detached hands and an angel head. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Definitely agree. Um, I think this, that harkens to, ties into the cinematography of the show as well. It really plays out more like a movie with the way the cuts are and the way the you know scenes are assembled. So I think that's another... Um, really uh interesting points about the the animation the animation style actually to me reminded me this is probably not relatable to anybody honestly but there is these old um animated like shorts that used to air in on japanese tv like on nhk and stuff in between broadcasts because you know how like a lot of uh, news broadcasts and dramas and stuff, the runtime is just mm. under an hour. So there's like a 10, 15 minute gap at the end of that hour. Uh-huh. And usually there's filler stuff they do, either a, a very long commercial break, but once in a while they do these things where there was this 10 to 15 minute short animated segment. And it was basically uh, talking about Japanese. It was like a, a Japanese folklore thing. So like the you know story about Momotaro mm. or you know those, those old Japanese kind of... Um, folk tales and it was they were animated very well and but the style was a little bit simplistic and and rounded a lot like 
what Odd Taxi's character designs are, because I would say that Odd Taxi's animated incredibly well, but the uh, actual artwork, I agree with Dylan, kind of has a little bit of a more rounded, gentle look. You know, and I'm gonna I think I'm gonna dis- go maybe disagree a little bit. I wouldn't consider the animation um, good per se. Uh, well, maybe good is is fine a description, but um, it's not great. It's very economical, um, but it does all those other things well enough that you never really notice. Like you never look at anything and say, "Ugh, that's that's bad." And like it's not it's not bad, um, but I don't think it stands out as like, "Oh, there's no like fluid." moments or no big fight scenes there's no you know like nothing it's amazing not like that. a huge show for sakaga fans is what yes you're yes basically it, yes. it's it's a show that really focuses on dialogue and communication yeah. right i mean some yeah, of the yeah. most interesting scenes so i guess now that we're you know ways into the the episode maybe um from here on out uh let's put a go ahead and put a spoiler warning because i don't think it's i think it'll be more productive for us to start to go into a little bit of the plot details so uh for anybody listening who hasn't watched odd taxi you really truly should um and you know you have been warned from henceforth there will be plenty of spoilers so you have been warned um, so some of the, my favorite scenes are those scenes where Odokawa is driving and he's listening to the, the homo sapiens on the radio and quite literally that requires no extra animation budget, right? You're just yeah, voicing yeah. over, you know, without worrying about syncing or anything. And the, the, you know, the homo sapiens are some of my favorite characters because the way they communicate and the way they talk and their comedy, it's very, that's another thing about the show that's really interesting to me is the line delivery is some of the least air quotes anime like line delivery yeah i've seen in a while it's very much more i wouldn't say it's one-to-one with like how regular people in japan talk but it's really close to it for uh, an animated series that's for sure kind of the the cadence of how people talk the you know how quickly people will you know interject and then specifically for the homo sapiens their style of comedy that kansai style tsukomi comedy it's mm-hmm. they executed it perfectly like they the, the people playing those the the, the two um, baba and oh, what was the older one's name uh, i have it i have it written down uh, um, but you know the 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 older yeah. the older comedian you know being kind of like the 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 cranky one and then um baba would be the you know the nandeyan and like the tsukomi yeah. guy right so yeah. Uh, that those those two characters were portrayed really well and, and, and honestly like really accurately to like real life um, actual like Japanese people instead of anime characters. I think those guys are actually um, uh, comedians. They're a, they're a comedian duo, I believe. It would make sense, yeah, for sure. So, so I want to yeah. Sorry, let's. I want to keep on the Homo Sapiens um, because one, there's so much stuff there and like i am not super familiar with the 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 bokeh tsukomi like comedy stuff uh, like i know it's you know you could say it's japanese abbott and costello you know where you have the the funny guy that says weird off the wall stuff and then the straight guy um but like their whole thing in there like it's cool with them being on the radio and stuff but to me they kind of feel like i don't there's so much stuff i don't understand about them like why they are in there so much and then since we've already gone to the spoiler section like when they go to their they get into the losers bracket and then they like you know like baba wants to leave and then um i also can't remember that that not baba's name because his name isn't as memorable as baba's shiro something 
or rather. I, um, I have it written down. I'll I'll find it. Um, but uh, but then he you know breaks down in the middle of their act, and then he like begs him to come back, even though he has like this other guy that totally wants to work with them, and like I, I just feel like. I don't understand all of that, and I don't understand the point of that within, within the the plot and the narrative. I I thought a lot about that after you had kind of uh, made reference to that uh, earlier, and I never really considered it before. But I think yeah, they don't really matter. I mean, they're they're kind of just a B plot that if you could cut them out, um, and you'd have to change some things, um, like um, Rui's relationship with Baba, but they could be gone, and I think the whole thing would work just as fine. I I get what you're saying, but I think that's why they're critical, is because they offer a little bit of a palate cleanse to the really heavy plot elements yeah, in that yeah. show. It's a very heavy show, right? Like, Odokawa, you can tell from the get-go, is a very, very disturbed individual. Something is not right with him. Um, they even infer at the beginning that he's he's hiding something, right? Like he, yeah. they say, oh, he's talking. You hear him talking in his room, but he lives alone. Like they mentioned that throughout the entirety of the show. So from the get go, you're kind of he's kind of framed as a character that's kind of not supposed to be not, not so much not trusted, but just you, something isn't right with him, and you're yeah. always kind of it's always lingering in the back of your mind, right? And but the Homo sapiens kind of offer this moment of just you know levity like anytime they're it's focusing on them outside of their dysfunctional relationship of sorts um, with each other it which is almost a microcosm of their skits in general um all the all the scenes you know featuring them have always were were quite comical right even that scene and i want to say oh gosh i can't remember if part like f5 were in the in the uh in the nightclub when the uh <laughs> the mystery kiss fan that you might you might invites Olokawa in to you know thank him because he just won the lottery right and then the freaking uh, skull mask shows up f- fires a gun there and any normal sensible person would GTFO <laughs> right like everybody's running Olokawa's hiding in the bathroom he's like shoot I don't want to go out there and freaking gosh I, I should I need to look it up I feel bad the the older comedian is there and he's literally like goading the 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 gunman into to shoot yeah. and i'm like who, who does that he's like i thought it would be funny if i got shot yeah. <laughs> wow. one of my favorite lines uh, it is yeah they, they had some of the best best scenes in the show for me i mean there's so many good ones and so. the, the the way he delivers it and the, the way they draw his expression it's where it's like he's kind of surprised at himself like man i thought this would be hilarious but uh <laughs> i'm maybe that wasn't a great idea Exactly. Shibagaki. That's his name. Ibagaki. Yeah, Shibagaki. yeah. Shibagaki. Oh, right, right, right. Um, I I like that they're they're. It's I just see them as like a, a yeah like a a palate cleanse a B plot that's where you also are interested in what's going on with them like will they stay together will they succeed will they win the tournament like um I. I enjoyed that, um, following that as well, even if though it didn't connect uh, with the rest of it. They also kind of provide an older show business contrast to the young aspiring mystery guests. Bingo. Yeah. So uh, Dylan kind of mentioned that they're 
their comedic style is kind of analogous to like Abbott and Costello. And obviously that's a comedic style that's super antiquated now and honestly isn't really like the it thing in American comedy. And similarly, they kind of inferred inferred it in uh, in Odd Taxi, the, their comedy style, the, that comedy style is really antiquated and kind of a dying style. Really the only reason, I won't say the only reason, maybe, I, this is more of an inference than a guarantee, but they were kind of doing it to to honor um, Don Raku, the, the, you know, the older comedian who's, you know, who seems to be a very important figure throughout the entirety of the show. And you don't really know because he has like maybe three spoken lines in the whole series. But um, but yeah, they're they're kind of like a relic of the past, and Baba kind of even you know mentions he's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm cut out for this, you know, this type of comedy. I think that's why he kind of goes into the more traditional, you know, showbiz, right? Like the the Japanese uh, like trash variety show. He's like, oh, I'm gonna try this place for lunch today. Let's film me saying, you know, oh, oishi seven thousand times <laughs> every time, right? Like that's that's like every single Japanese food variety show. Uh, slash so. slash every single YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I like oh. that their relationship where he's like, "Yeah, I don't think I'm cut out for this." And then there's that part where they're in the taxi, and he's like getting mad at um, Shibagaki, and he's and Shibagaki's like, "See, that's funny. Like, y- you have it in you. Like, he he believes in Baba, and like he's trying to get him to see his talent." Um, and I think that was interesting to watch, and you know, kind of you see the pain of the guy who's um not getting it. What not getting ahead despite all his hard work and, and Baba not working very hard, but still getting ahead. But Shibagaki says, but if, if you worked hard, you could have do this other thing that, that you're really good at. You just don't realize. Uh, I like that. Yeah, me too. And ironically, not working hard was what got him the relationship with the mystery kiss girl. Yeah. I think yeah, that was a good yeah, point you yeah. made there, Mike, about the, uh, that I hadn't thought of there, kind of that contrast of the very old Monzei style stuff versus the new idol style stuff. Maybe that's part of the reason they have it in there, is it kind of, that makes it a very interesting contrast. That's a good point. Yeah. The show definitely kind of has like a generation gap feel, right? Like there's, most of the characters are, you know, middle age, but, you know, there's definitely key characters that are, you know, younger, like, um, uh, like Shirakawa, the nurse, is in her like mid twenties. Yano is like twenty five or twenty seven or something. They mentioned at the end how old he was. He's he's in his twenties as well. But everybody else is like their late thirties or forties. Right? And They're then like you have age. the two that are like high school, college age. Right, right. The social media addict, the Kabasawa Taichi, the mm-hmm. the guy who's just you know, he's he's literally the archetypal like. Uh, uh, like social media addict who's trying to you know get famous for the sake of getting famous and no real other real reason to get to get that clout I guess as the kids say now. <laughs> yeah. So there's also an old media new media contrast there between the uh, comedians on the radio versus him on social media. On yeah, on like YouTube and on SNS, yeah. For Man, sure. Mike, you're nailing it. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, I didn't think of um. That. Um, so, and Mystery Kiss themselves are also obviously high school age or thereabouts. They're young, yeah. They were. I like guess late they're maybe eighteen. If they not. were eighteen. Yeah. Well, at least the at least they confirmed that Rui and um, 
well, the and the and the dead one were eighteen. I don't know about the other two, but yeah. Um, so maybe let's pivot away from Homo sapiens as much as I would like to keep talking about him because <laughs> there's so many other awesome characters to talk about. So maybe I'll open up again and we can each kind of just say, you know, off the top of your head, like favorite character or 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 maybe characters if they come in, you know, a set. We can just each kind of rattle off and give a brief description as to why so um this time uh let's start with mike favorite favorite character in the show i kind of i'm having trouble deciding on a favorite because there are too many <laughs> great ones um, yeah. for some reason why am i drawing a blank on her name but the nurse with her <laughs> brazilian martial art Oh, the Capoeira. Capoeira, yeah, yeah. is uh, Shirakawa. Shirakawa. Yeah, Shirakawa is an interesting character, and I kind of like that everyone makes fun of Capoeira because <laughs> it's funny because they play like that Indian Bollywood music in the background yeah. when she starts yeah. her dance, even though I it's com- completely if... unrelated. But yeah, that's kind of interesting. Anyway, it's just an odd connection to real life vaguely because uh, one of my fellow computer science majors was a Brazilian, a student from Brazil who did capoeira. Apparently there was a group at Cal Poly that did it out on Dexter Lawn. Yeah, there was. Um, A good mutual friend of ours who I will not name for the sake of privacy uh, was part of that group, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about you, Dylan? Favorite character, go. I'm going with I'm going with Otokawa. He is so great. Like he's just straight and clean, and then also a little complex. And he has so many great so many great lines. Where there's the whole scene with him and Goriki, and they're talking about we are the world and where people are coming in. <laughs> and then Shirakawa's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, no, cut that, cut that generation crap. Like we knew about like phonographs and all those things, and those were well before our time. Like he's just a uh, He's a, a great, interesting character, and his voice is just, at least for the Japanese part, is just, it's dead on. It's its so good. It just draws you in every time. You're like, oh, what, what's he going to say now? I want to know. What's he What's he scheming at? So, Otokawa. Hard to argue that one, yeah. He's he, hes phenomenally well portrayed, and, and uh, I agree. The voice actor nailed it. Um, what about you, Sam? Yeah, I, I would have to say Otokawa as well. I mean runner-up to homo sapiens but we already talked at length about them but otokawa is just so good for all that's the... that's interesting because i swear i thought you were gonna say yano so oh, no yeah he's uh again <laughs> there's so many good characters but but otokawa has got this uh i don't know magic of uh he's kind of he's a loser he knows it and he doesn't care um and that kind of gives him this freedom to do things that uh most people wouldn't do um and i think because a lot of people underestimate him uh he's able to get away with this stuff and he's just a nice guy in general uh agreed i think you you nailed that you nailed it there he he is a loser and he knows that he embraces it but it doesn't mean that he he lacks a moral compass, right? Just because he doesn't yeah. care about his own status, it doesn't mean he doesn't care in general. He actually is a very caring person, in my opinion. He actually, yeah, he I cares mean, look a at lot. What, 
you look at what he went through this entire the entire show to basically do the right thing where you know try to catch all the bad guys to you know and get the get Imai his 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 proper lottery winnings back like he and he wouldn't accept any of it like he's as about as as you know nice of a guy as you can you can be despite his kind of dour you know uh demeanor it it was interesting though um thinking about how you know Imai offered him all that money I mean, he didn't take any of it. He did. He does briefly consider um, helping Shirakawa, right? They show when just the image of her when he asks him, hey, is there any anything I can do for you? Anybody? Um, and he has that image and then he says, no, there's no one. Um, so I kind of and this is the other thing that's great about the show is the show does a lot of show don't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of left like, why did he decide? to not like he could have said hey can you pay her debt um but he didn't uh and that's that their relationship is is interesting that kind of complicated like um i like her but i don't think i can trust her um because of all this stuff i know and she's just you know coming on to me because um she needs something from me um so i'm gonna keep her at a distance but he still wants to help her uh it's interesting he just took the hard way all right then i'm i mean obviously it's hard to argue against odokawa being an amazing character after all he is the, the main character but um for me it was a tough call uh but i'll probably have to go with dobu as oh, my yeah. favorite character he's a cool he, dobu is great his they in my opinion they portrayed kind of like the the way that um I don't even want to call it Yakuza because he's not really Yakuza. He's just, he's basically a loan shark. Um, and they portrayed how, in my opinion, how they, those types of people are really well. I, I think it was, there, there was some exaggerations like, um, like the firearm. I really don't think that even somebody working in, you know, that industry would really have easy access to a firearm. It's so hard to get a gun in Japan. But for the sake of, you know, making it a bit more spectacular, I, I was I was willing to overlook that. That's but, the co that's the Cohen Brothers twist there yes, as you put exactly, the Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And uh But even I love... then like he may have a firearm but he only has one load of bullets. Yeah. Or at least right. he didn't because... have the other bullets well, because he never intended to he, he never firearm. intended to use it, right? Because like you find yeah, out at the, the end, the number rule. one rule <laughs> is don't kill anybody. Um, unfortunately, everybody screwed up there in the way. But um, but yeah, I think he's he's a really and I think as far as complexity goes, he's probably the next most after um, Odokawa, in my opinion, as far as because he gets. Probably the next most screen time. I, I mean, I didn't count, but he's he's in the show a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are even points is. where I kind of was rooting for him because yeah. that whole the whole segment where he's basically her being harassed by this online, you know, this online hate squad led by Kabasawa for no real reason, no no like true reason. Yeah, he's a bad guy, but the reason why he's being targeted was for you know completely unsubstantiated and kind of plays into this whole you know s- sensationalization culture and he just wanted bandwagoning clout, right like you yeah saying. and and so and uh, my favorite 
one of my favorite scenes is towards was when he uh uh is at the wharf you know uh when when uh, Odokawa saves Kakihana and he he's there and he's he literally goes you know is fighting nearly to the death with Sekiguji like that was an awesome fight scene mm-hmm. and and you see you know Kabasa try to kind of cherry pick at the end he's like haha he's beat up and he's shot in the leg so i'm going to you know, I'm gonna apprehend him here. I'll show you all. And then, you know, the guy, you know, with a sh- with a bullet in his leg, and having been freshly had the crap kicked out of him by this huge dude, he still basically trashes this kid, right? And mm-hmm. basically teach. And he gives him a real good life lesson. Like, is he a scummy? Is he a criminal? Yeah, is he a scummy guy? Yeah, but he actually does have a lot of real life experience, and he actually kind of gave Kabasawa like a really good lecture. And then mm-hmm. proceeded to, you know, then proceeded to take take every take his all his material possessions. But <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, yeah. Sorry, uh, I want to go into a slightly different topic there, which is the thing that I actually kind of didn't really like, which and I also didn't quite really understand, which was the uh, uh, Yano and Dobu's boss, the mm-hmm. the topper y- y- Yakuza yeah. guy, because I feel like they Florida. kind of went. They went to the um, the trope of oh the yakuza like they're not like they're not that bad they're they're like they're kind of helping people and whereas in the end um, Odokawa gives uh, Kuroda that's his uh, his name gives him gives him a bunch of money because that guy was running this thing where he was giving money to kids who were victims of traffic accidents. Um, and I don't know, that just kind of struck me as like, well, no, that's actually not a, a good portrayal of stuff, whereas so much of the rest of the show is a, you know, reasonably realistic one. It kind of went back into that trope. Well, uh, yeah, I, I get really what you're saying, wonder but... about that character, like what his backstory is that made him end up running a crime syndicate to fund <laughs> traffic orphans, because there has to be some story behind that. Uh, I was going to say that I don't, I actually was thinking that he does that because he's not really funding orphans of traffic accidents, but he's funding people who got killed or were killed in being part of his business. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's one thing about the show. I think where they kind of, it's, it's in, in my opinion, like a Coen Bros, where they leave certain areas t- uh, to kind of let the audience infer what what's going on um especially like the very final scene right like there's been like, there's been tons of discussion about what's going to happen <laughs> yeah at that in the uh after the final scene but going back to the topic dylan brought up um olokawa even you know said said told him in the in the last scenes like he 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 knows a lot of people were hurt by his work, yeah. but that he's also helping people. Helping people, but um, and, but, and... but you're but the, the it's layered, right? Because he did he helped the Diamond Brothers too, right? When their parents were killed, um, he their his fund is what you know got them through. But then he used that to recruit the older Diamond to basically kind of be his 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 mole in the in the in the uh, police force, right? Yeah, it's so... like a. Uh it's like a thing out of the departed there or something yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's like they don't they don't really like at a superficial level they portray him as a good guy but if i think all the other things that they put in the show um really adds up to him being just 
more complicated than that. He's not a good guy and he does bad things, but he also does good things. Um, and whether they cancel out or not is up to you, I guess. Yeah, he's well, a very great character, right? Not he's neither you know bad nor nor great. He's he, he's he's a guy who makes a living doing bad things, but he also uses that money to fund good things. But those good things could then loop back into doing the bad things. So it's kind of an interesting cycle. Well, fine. Let's just have well fleshed out characters that are not <laughs> monochromatic and are actually interesting, which is why we watch the show and discuss it. Fine. <laughs> Um, but actually, going off the, the back of that, as far as uh, I had to really nitpick because there's, in my opinion, there's really not a lot about the show that I can be critical of. But may, and, and maybe I missed this, but and there are a few instances of it. Uh, one specific one I noted was in episode five when Odokawa picks up Yamamoto, the manager of Mystery Kiss, and um, let me find her name here. Uh, all of their names are really generic. So yeah, da, 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 da. so Nikaido is the main one. Uh, Ichimura. So Ichimura, the calico cat, right, is the one mm-hmm. that's doing the badger game, and he he picks them both up um, to drop them off at at the uh, at their studio, or their office, and he has he's he's has having a conversation with Yamamoto Yamamoto I think this is when Yamamoto expressed interest in the in the dash cam recorder because he realized mm-hmm. that Odokawa may be the one that picked up you know the the uh the uh the 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 missing one and mm-hmm. he's like mm, was it her no she, this one she wasn't a calico cat and as we all know the whole two there's two holy crap moments of the show. One is that people, everybody, the whole population isn't animals. It's Odokawa has visual agnosia caused by executive dysfunction, as they called it, where he perceives everybody as animals because he couldn't look people in the face. So when he went through his trauma, he ended up everything ended up becoming, you know, animals. But everybody else is are it's are still people, right? So but he he actually spouts out no. She's a calico cat to the to Yamamoto, the manager, and he doesn't bat an eye. So that to me was odd, right? Because to Yamamoto, mm-hmm. everybody is human. Everybody is human. It's just Odokawa's perceiving stuff weird. But he outright just says, "Oh, this this person here is a calico cat," and it doesn't strike him as odd. It strike strike Yamamoto as odd that he just said that. And I feel like that's a, that's a little bit of a um, I don't want to say plot hole, but a miss, yeah. And I'm wondering if it's just for the sake of making the uh, the scene flow, he would, you know, go by that descriptor. But um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I'll say I think I'm fine with it. There's plenty of times you'll hear someone make some sort of weird non sequitur description, and you could I could easily see myself just kind of being like, uh, I don't know, either like you don't register because you're not actually listening, or you're just kind of like, well, that's a weird way to describe a person. Uh, I guess I'm going to ignore that because that's yeah, fine and not I, have an intentional non-reaction. Yeah, Otokawa seems weird enough that I think to normal people, whatever he might say along those lines might not be super surprising. They might just shrug it off as, oh, it's just him being weird. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I don't want to go down that dialogue tree. Like, let's uh, just leave that one there. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, again, I had to. I'm, I really was trying to find, dig deep to find flaws because, and, yeah, again, the like, show is 
pretty Goriki the dialogue laughing of the, off being called a gorilla a when gorilla. asked what he looks like to him. Right, but then right at the end, everybody is a very heavily caricatured, you know, person, right? Like they don't look like real people. They, you know, they are very they have very exaggerated features, and yeah. you know, Goriki actually looks like a, a gorilla still. Um, yeah. <laughs> I find it funny that for whatever decisions they made for the characters, because the one character who didn't at all look like their animal counterpart to me was Shiraka. She didn't look like a llama at all. She looked, you know, like like a person, obviously. But I'm wondering why they decided to go with a llama for her. I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah, she looked the least like her animal counterpart. It is interesting. Or alpaca. Me, alpaca. Yeah. Alpaca. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alpaca. Sorry. Alpaca. <laughs> Let's be accurate here. Yeah, llamas llamas cannot do crapawara. We know this. This is true. <laughs> uh, I had this. I had the same thought that with Shirakawa not looking, but everyone else did. Maybe it's one of those things where there were, I don't know, like enough of the other male characters. Just particularly given that it was like five minutes into the show, they kind of needed to be very clearly look like who they did to make it clear that that's who they were. So they, you know, emphasize it a bit where Shirakawa had a bit more dialogue and it was clear that it was Shirakawa. So they didn't have to emphasize her as much. Maybe, maybe again, I'm, I'm willing to, to kind of let the, uh, the certain things be left open-ended for inference. Okay. So going off of that then. So final scene, right. Um, Oroka was chilling in his in his taxi, taking a nap, and then that's when you find out literally what like last two minutes of the show. The one the one loose end that that was not you know revealed in the show, which is who actually killed Ichimura, mm-hmm. the original third member. And then you find out, holy crap, it's actually the substitute because you know there was a, there was she kind of infer- subtly hinted at it that when she had that flashback at home with her mom where. You know, her mom says, like, you know, do whatever you got to do to succeed because, you know, I had to kill my dreams to help raise you, but I don't want you to have to do the same. And she took, she quite literally took those words to heart, right? Because Yeah, she's... that conversation on the phone with her mom is chilling in retrospect. Well, and then also even more chilling is when she hops into the car, clicks mm-hmm. the seatbelt, and then Olokawa asks, you know, where to? And she just smiles. And because the one loose end, right? Who? What, what are the loose ends are left? Who's possibly could have... Could yeah. have, um, could have, you know, implicated her, and which that's, also, that's so... what a great red herring! Uh, in the taxi, she places the the bug in the taxi, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when Tanaka follows uh, uh, Orokawa home, uh, they make it look like uh, he was cooperating with her somehow. Um, they like show a deliberate shot of like the tracker she placed and then they show him on his phone, right? With like his GPS. And then, so you kind of are able to say, okay, maybe they're related somehow or whatever. Um, but I, I don't know. I wasn't even suspecting there and that was part of it. I didn't pick up that it was, that it was her who was the, who placed the tracker in the car. There's that scene when there she's is like, a scene where, yeah, she slips her phone between the cushions. It's the same episode that I was talking about. So, because remember, Odokawa had to take two trips: one to pick up the pick up uh, uh, the, the the calico, calico cat, and then the other one to pick up the who was at the bathhouse, and then the other one to pick up the the replacement for uh, Ichimura because uh, 
she was she had to get her fried chicken or whatever, right? Her karage. So that's when she slipped it in. But yeah, you're right. They actually that's one thing that slipped by me was she is the one that slipped that into his into his taxi. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Why did she um, do that? Yeah, right. In there, there. So there, and I don't remember this exactly. So don't don't quote me on this. But I I believe they're having this conversation in the car. I think uh, Otokawa says something. Um. And she then places it. Either that, or she already knows. I can't, I can't remember. Well, um, the but... conversation I think you're talking about is asking um when because Tanaka, not Tanaka, the uh Yamamoto, the the um manager. The manager, when when Oluko said, "Oh yeah, I dropped a I dropped a uh, a black cat there not too long ago," he's like, he's like, "When?" He's like, "Oh, about two weeks ago." He's like, "Are you sure it wasn't her?" He's like, "No, it wasn't her. It was. I think it was a different one." That's when that's the first hint of you know kind of what's mm. going on, right? Where she's a replacement. It was, that was the conversation. So that's what kind of that's where I was focusing on. I didn't really even think about the fact that she that she is the one that. Um, that slipped the the phone into the into the seat cushions. That's that's interesting. The other interesting thing from that conversation um, with uh, Ichimura is the the she says uh, kind of under her breath like, "Oh yeah, uh, Nikaido seems like the kind of person who would who would kill for her ambitions, right?" And. Mm. I'm sorry, so that's think... Wadagaki. Ichimura is the uh, Calico one. The Wadagaki, Wadagaki is the imposter. Uh, no, no, that's that's uh, yeah. The the Calico is the one who says. Oh, that. Ich- oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're yeah, right. so that's, she says that, and you're like, oh, okay. So, and you know, for a long time, you think it's her, and it actually, you know, originally she was going to, but she didn't, which was an interesting twist. Uh, yeah, it was all very good. Yeah. I want to talk about music. I'm not sure exactly the the term whether it's music editing or placement. Like I think it has one of like the best like music spots where it's like different characters come in and like when um when Shirakara starts doing the the capoeira, like they go into like the little like the capoeira music stuff. So it's not like any of the songs are like you know, it's not like cowboy bebop music songs where you're like crazy, but that's I mean they kinda like the stitching of the music in with it is just like so well done. And that's it completely putting aside all of the Yano stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was I like, I had the same thing. I was, I was kind of skimming through the episodes. Um, how good I thought the music was. And I listened to the soundtrack afterwards. Um, and it's not, I'm not a big soundtrack person and it. So I didn't find it like, I didn't find it super listenable, like, like some others, um, which is fine. But I think that's all to the credit of like making good soundtrack music that like uh it really just fits the mood in like perfect places um the characters themes just feel so right uh it was yeah it was really good yeah uh for uh, for me going going into the sound thing my favorite kind of music like mini bite is every time the uh the little the jingle that you hear for the uh homo sapiens on the radio that was like the most um those that was my favorite audio cut apparently the um the guy who did the opening and uh, a large portion of the songs in the soundtrack is uh some, uh i don't know i guess now middle-aged um rapper beat maker in japan who i guess was kind of a get 
Uh, oh, I listened to some of his albums too. It's pretty good. Interesting. The Poon Poonpi. So Yano and his stuff, like I'm competent at Japanese and like watching it through a second time, I started to pick up on some more of it, some more of the rhymes, but I found it like just because it was complex rhyming stuff. So trying to pick it up in both the subtitled rhymes and then listening to the actual Japanese at the same time made uh, getting everything there the first time through impossible, certainly. Certainly for me at my skill levels. Um, but it's so, Yano's so cool that way and so hard to get that to have it be cohesive. And yet it also, it doesn't sound like it's not, it's not eight mile where it's this, you know, carefully choreographed song that someone's been writing for six months or a year or whatever. Like it still has this feel of kind of being like, oh, this stuff kind of like rhymes and makes sense, but it's not perfect. Um, which I think was yeah. pretty cool. It's also because rap in Japanese is quite different <laughs> than how rap yeah. is here in the States. Um, but yeah, I actually, um, was curious how Yano is perceived for people with little or no Japanese competency, because obviously I, you know, I, I'm competent enough that I could, you know, more or less listen to everything he's saying and not worry about the subtitles. But I was thinking to myself, man, I don't even want to think about trying to subtitle that stuff, right? Like it would be yeah, impossible to do it accurately. Must have so. been interesting because. I'm not sure what I think of Yano because I do have relatively little Japanese, so I definitely know there's... I'm not getting the original, but he's an interesting character, but I'm not quite sure what to make of him. Yeah, and I guess, Mike, you're, you're the better person to ask. So that, you know, that moment in the in the heist episode when, you know, the the, the when Yano and Sakiguchi get pulled over by... Um, by the uh the older the older uh diamond brother and you know they're they're like let's just play it cool we have nothing to hide and then he's like oh you guys have kind of a build and then right there he breaks character and he just starts speaking like you know without rhyme and it throws sekiguchi off like was that did that scene have as much impact for you because probably you know like you said you it really didn't seem any different to you right because you're relying on i mean i could tell something was different and the sub did convey that as well as they could. Obviously not probably as well, but, you know, I may not understand what he was saying, but I could tell he was saying it differently. Mm. Okay, I mean, good. And there is that okay, line so. from his uh, bodyguard where he's like, Yano, you're, you're not rhyming. <laughs> he's like, screw the rhyming. Why do we have the, why do we have counterfeits? Right. Yeah. <laughs> And then it, it kind of gets goes goes off the rails there, but yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Dylan. No, that's fine. I said I listened to uh, like half an episode of the dub. I don't usually listen to to dubs ever, but I was curious for this one here, and like it was pretty decent. I was pretty decently done, and like they tried they the dub script that they have is different from the subtitle, so it makes it more of a a rhyming scheme right. yeah it makes it more yeah. of a, a rhyming adaptation that makes it make a little bit more sense it's not like they just tried to just read their subtitle translation it. yeah so it's a it's yeah. another translation which makes sense um yeah but it sounded decent to do it yeah I, I did i also listened to it I like after we had talked about dubs 
I went and, and Yano was the one I really wanted to hear in addition to Otokawa. And um, yeah, it was it was OK. Um, since I don't really watch dubs much and I'd already seen the Japanese, I'm obviously heavily biased, so I didn't I didn't really care for it much. But I can see how someone could enjoy it just fine. Yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, all right, this is fine. I don't think it's as good, but it also wasn't one of those ones you listen and you're like, why did they pay someone to do this? It was, you know, I was like, oh, okay, this is fine. Yeah, that's yeah, possible. Okay, since we're, we're closing in on our hour, um, the, the, the kind of the last topic I want to bring up is, I don't know how many of, if everybody here is aware, but so a, like a theatrical length movie for Odd Taxi was announced and a uh, trailer actually was already released and I watched it and from what I could gather from the trailer it seems like it retells parts of this tv series but then also is gonna go past tv series so I guess we I think we'll get an answer to what happens to Odokawa at the end of tv but I could be wrong um, the trailer is intentionally me- made to be misleading so uh, I kind of wanted your guys' thoughts on that. Is is that is is making a a move follow up movie a good thing, bad thing? Not not sure yet. I mean, I'll give it a shot because the series left me wanting more. <laughs> I'm surprised that it did well enough to get a movie, kind of. But then again, the Blu-ray did sell surprisingly well, given that they didn't expect it to sell well enough that they only did it as a pre-order campaign. No, I did not know that. So my take on the movie and this being a thing is Nani. <laughs> um, I'm in. I'm. I'm very curious. I'm. I'm curious. Are they going to do it in like the same style as the show, or are they going to make it like the whole thing is like an anime filming of a Broadway stage view musical version of Odd Taxi? <laughs> um, I kind of. I'm like, you know. I kind of don't want the answer. Just kind of like, you know, spoiler at the Mm -hmm. end of Sopranos where it just cuts to black. And, you know, everybody hated that at the time. And I kind of did too. But looking back, I'm like, you know what? That was an awesome ending. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I kind of don't want to know. I want to be able to have my own guesses as to what happens. Um, But, you know. They did a great job in writing the show, and presume I would hope it's you know the same folks involved in in doing the movie. So, you know, hopefully, you know they've got a good plot for what they want to do and how they can take it and make it somehow even more different. Yeah, aren't they more movie people than anime people anyway? <laughs> Not even that, actually, which is interesting. <laughs> they don't do anime or even really movies, they do like music videos and like, they're so eclectic. These, the picks is, I assume who we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, they do, or, uh, they've done like live, like projection mapping shows and like commercials and music videos, but, uh, I don't, they don't, don't believe they've done anything feature length and certainly not an anime. Uh, this was their very first, Probably only based on their history that they probably don't want to keep doing the same stuff too much. I don't know. Hmm. Hell of a calling card. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, that's if that's if this is their uh, their freshman attempt at anything anime related, then <laughs> you know, it, 
who knows what they can, can do with the with the with the movie. Um, but yeah, I guess um, we'll we'll go with uh, any any final thoughts, statements, feelings, things we may have glossed over um, regarding regarding Odd Taxi. Uh, I'll, I'll how about we go with Dylan first? Um, there's so many great scenes in it, like the the scene where you know kind of the you know culminating thing where everything where Otakawa goes you know flying off the edge of the of the world that in his taxi with the money falling out you know it makes me think of so many great scenes it reminds me of castle of cagliostro it reminds me of uh it reminds me of the aquatic life with steve zissou um it's uh it's just one of those great scenes and it's also great because it it goes on for exactly as long as it needs to and not not any longer and it's uh it's just a really wonderful it's a wonderful scene and uh they it's it's great all right uh yeah, what about you mike interesting that that scene is just so over the top that it you can believe that it makes everyone around it stop and take notice whatever they were doing and stop their individual subplots because it would take something to stop a lot of those, but that was something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Last thoughts, except I'm looking forward to seeing if they pull the movie off. Yeah, Fair. I'm. I'm feeling. Ah, uh, boy, such a good show. So much good stuff. The the banter was so good. Um, <laughs> that line I think about all the time i thought it would be funny if i got shot uh uh the uh tanaka kakume the tanaka revolution episode was uh, also really good i love those episodes where it's like am i watching the same show um right of course because of the animation and stuff it's is obvious but you know it, it was so different um i really liked that um <laughs> and i liked uh uh Chekhov's capoeira <laughs> yeah he's like making fun of her capoeira you can't actually do anything with that you know at the end obviously uh, she and saves then it him. saves his ass twice <laughs> yeah I thought that was fantastic um like yeah the yes I I'm with I'm with Dylan for the, the movies I'm not uh I kind of don't want any more after the end although I am curious um but I, yeah, I don't know I'm... I guess cautiously optimistic, but I've certainly been burned by movies for shows that had fantastic ending, or movies and OVAs for shows that had fantastic endings, like Irresponsible Captain Tyler, for one example. The ending of the TV on that was just so perfect that anything further was a letdown. Yeah, the show is really tight. Um, but, you know, I'll still watch it. Uh, I guess Crunchyroll's going to carry it. Um, I mean, I guess probably until after the theatrical run in Japan is over. Like, they won't air it until after that but who knows yeah so the i think the one thing about odd taxi that i think it makes it so brilliant is that the way all the way the show is uh portrayed the way the scenes are cut the way the lines are scripted the way the you know the 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 voice acting was done it easily could have been a, a filmed live action show Except the whole reason why they animated it, in my opinion, was because of the hook, right? Because mm-hmm. if you turn the if the show is a drama, 
you're going to be paying either a metric crapload in CGIing all the you know anthropomorphized animals, or you're going to have to have some super intense makeup work or something, right? And so either it way, it just wouldn't work the same way that it exactly. does in the very stylized style. And that it has. so it was a brilliant marriage of making a phenomenal script and a show that could only be done in the medium of animation correctly because yeah. of the hook. And I think that's what makes it such a brilliant show and so unique. Um, I'm I'm so happy that anime as a medium is still kind of finding ways to, you know, um, reinvent itself. Um, I honestly can't think of, I, I obviously I haven't watched every show in creation, <laughs> but I am hard pressed to think of an anime series that did specifically what Odd Taxi did. Yeah, yeah, so, I can't think of one. Um, again, obviously, we're talking about and gushing about it, so I'll have bias. But you know, <laughs> um, if I think of any, we can we can you know talk, mention them in, in uh, forthcoming apps. And I also realized that I screwed up as a host, and I didn't even mention that in the beginning that we are filming this episode on uh, March seventeenth, twenty twenty two. For anybody who happens to care, uh, it's a little backwards, but. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that that was our our episode on Odd Taxi. Um, a, looking, a I'm looking forward to the movie. Fits this show as well as any. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, I'm 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 also cautiously optimistic about the movie. I don't think it needed to happen, but I'm actually kind of glad it it is because I just want to see more. So, so yeah, we'll see. Um, so I guess with... same along the lines of the Penguin Drum movie that's supposedly coming too. Oh, I didn't know that was getting a movie as well. Yeah, Ikuhara uh, announced it a few months back, I think. I think they did a crowdfunding campaign for at least part of it. Oh, okay. Interesting. And I think interesting it's largely there. going to be a clip show, but with some original animation as well. So we'll see what that turns into. Alrighty then. Um, so yeah, uh, I think with that, we will uh, we will sign off. Uh, so, uh, さらば。怒るで何なの？付け焼きばって。意味もわからず怒ってたのかよ。ニュアンスで大体わかるけど、もっと伝わりやすい類語言ってよ。ニュアンカジコミとかそんなんだ。誰がニュアンカジコミのナ